0: Happening This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan.
1: Hey, soap fans. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. Today's show is going to be something of... A bit of improv. For those of you out there who've been following along on Twitter at Subcentral Live, you'll know that we plan to do an entire hour today about this year's Daytime Emmy nominations. They were supposed to be announced just a couple of hours ago. Well, we were thrown a bit of a monkey wrench because the nominations were not announced today as expected. So we had some great guests lined up to come on and talk about their Daytime Emmy nominations and whether they were nominated or not. It was going to be a great show. But then, of course, Everything went crazy, and we'll talk a little bit about that coming up. And, of course, we're going to try to have uh, as many of those guests on next week to be able to talk to us about the Daytime Emmy nominations. I probably should have known that this is going to be a little bit of a crazy day because the little leg on my keyboard broke earlier just before we went on the air and I had to super glue a bottle cap on at the last minute. It's been uh, really a crazy day. So instead of talking about the Daytime Emmy nominations Today, they're going to be announced on Wednesday, May 9th. Now, this is all because of a planned media deal between the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, or NATAS, and the HLN, or Headline News Network. For those of you out there who may not be familiar with it, or maybe thought that uh, you didn't think that the HLN broadcasts live ceremonies like this, you're absolutely right. I didn't either. In fact, when I'd originally read HLN, I misread it as HSN, the Home Shopping Network. And, you know, I actually think that the HSN, the Home Shopping Network, would have been a better idea for the daytime Emmys. Certainly, it would have been a way to make some money off of the show. They could have sold items when they came back from commercial breaks to help raise some money for the events. Fans out there could have, you know, bought their own replica of a daytime Emmy in five easy payments of $600 each, maybe with some free shipping and handling. In fact, one of my Twitter followers, Shadow User, suggested that Susan Lucci and Cameron Matheson could lead the audience in some Malibu Pilates as an opening number for the awards ceremony. Certainly were a lot of possibilities. There could have been uh, T-Fall inspired gowns. I don't know. There would have been a whole lot of things that could have happened. So instead of talking about the daytime Emmys today, we're going to be talking about our own awards, the SoapCentral.com Dankies. For those of you out there, the fans have been voting all this year, selecting the best of the best of the world of soaps. And throughout the hour, I'm going to be revealing this year's winner's. I'll also be taking your calls all hour to talk about what's going on in the world of soaps. There is a lot going on. The Bold and the Beautiful is going to be introducing a married lesbian couple. There are lives in jeopardy on General Hospital. Everyone's got a gun, so who knows what's going to happen there. Days of Our Lives may be on the verge of losing Peter Reckle, who plays Bo. A lot of you out there, I'm sure, cannot imagine that. And then over on The Young and the Restless, they've just... Aged Kyle, who went from being a kid to an adult in just about the blink of an eye or so. There are lots of other topics to discuss, so you can pick up the phone and give us a call on the hotline. The number is 866-472-5788. It is a toll-free number, 866-472-5788. You can also tweet along with us at Soap Central Live. I'll be poking around on Twitter during the show to see what you guys are saying, and maybe even read some of your tweets on the air. So why don't we, while we're waiting for you guys to get through on the lines, we're going to look at some of this year's subcentral.com Dankies winners. The you know but We'll stick with the format that the Emmys seem to do. They always start off with the supporting actor and actress category. So you know what, let's not be any different than them. And I'm sort of surprised by some of the the way that you guys voted. I'll give you the top three nominees for Supporting Actress. They were, in no particular order, Nancy Lee Gron, Alexis, General Hospital, Elizabeth Hendrickson, Chloe, The Young and the Restless, and Jacqueline McInnes-Wood, Steffi, The Bold and the Beautiful. The winner, and with uh, about 27% of the vote, was Nancy Lee Gron from General Hospital. And I am looking at the pre-nominees for the Daytime Emmys, and Nancy is pre-nominated as a supporting actress in a drama series for a Daytime Emmy, so we could certainly uh, see her name coming up Wednesday on the official nominee ballot for the Daytime Emmys. Let me also look to see if Elizabeth Hendrickson is there. Uh, Jacqueline McInnes-Wood is not, but... Actually, she's not on. Uh, she is nominated in the Outstanding Younger Actress category, so we may see her there. On the male side, the top three vote getters in no particular order are Michael E. Knight, Tad, All My Children, Brandon Barash, Johnny Zakara, General Hospital, and Jeff Branson, Ronan Malloy, On the Young and the Restless. And the winner is. I feel like we should have a drum roll. I'm sure somewhere we have a. Uh, A sound effect for that. We have the winner is Jeff Branson, Ronan, on The Young and the Restless. Some of you out there, of course, may know him also from roles on Guiding Light and All My Children. And let me just take a look back here at the ballot to see if any of these uh, nominees sort of mirror what you guys are saying. One of the things that's interesting is always to see what fans think and then what the, the critical acclaim is for the daytime Emmys. And for Outstanding Supporting Actor, Michael E. Knight is nominated. Jeff Branson is not. And Robert S. Woods is also not a pre-nominee. So, at least in that category. So, you never know. We could be seeing some of these. Robert S. Woods is nominated in the lead actor. So, again, what you guys are saying and picking out as your choices for the best are also being echoed. By the daytime Emmys, so we have a caller from Missouri. We have Barisa. Welcome to Sub Central Live.
2: Hi, Dan. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Just calling in. It's 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 my off week. Tony's writing this week, so it's it's my off week. I'm just calling in as a total seat-up viewer this whole week
1: oh. for Days of Our Lives. Oh, Larissa, I don't know what we're going to do with you calling in and honing in. You know, Tony wanted to call in and talk about some of the uh, the, the Dankies' nominations, but uh, apparently he's off on some top-secret mission trying to defuse bombs. He said he that is. Days fans would know what that meant.
2: Yes, 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 yes. he is. He's another one of the um, surprise ISA agents that are just popping up around Salem, so... Good things are happening for
1: him. Well, you know, let me, since one of the things that I teased at the top of the show, and I was hoping to be able to get my mother or grandmother to call in to talk about this, because I'm certainly Nana would be, uh, up in arms. But there is talk, Larissa, that Peter Reckle could be leaving Days of Our Lives. We're talking Bo Brady. We're talking Bye. And rumors are because he was asked to take pay cut after having taken a huge pay cut before and he's saying you know what allegedly what the 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 insider's saying he said you know what you can take your pay cut and uh cut it so <laughs> what do you I mean I know that they say one star does not a show make but I mean we're talking a big name how can you uh how can you get through days of our lives without Peter Reckle
2: well sure I mean it, it's He's one of the ones that's been consistent and stayed on, and and kind of been there, been there. He has been there for us, Dan. He has been there for us for a long time. Um, I don't know. I tend to not believe too many rumors, and I kind of have to say, considering the current climate, these fans are a little bit. It, there's a, there's there's not a great shock value to our stars being taken away from us, going away. As as maybe in some of the other soaps. I mean, Days of Our Lives seems to kind of have the market cornered on extreme makeover soap opera editions. Because it seems like, (laughs) it it seems like as fans, we're we're conditioned to this. Unfortunately, Um, I would hate it. I think that I mean, he's Bill Brady. You know, he's 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 part of. One of the best super couples in daytime, exactly. um, definitely one of the strongest ones on on Days of Our Lives. And you know, it's sad. It's tough. I, I, I'm i kind of in the denial phase of, okay, it's rumors until I actually, you know, it, until it's on Twitter, <laughs> then it's not necessarily <laughs> official in my world. You know, until it's on Soap Central, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not believing it. So I don't know. It's. I, it, it shouldn't happen. I'm in denial that it maybe even could happen, and then at the same time, I'm also kind of numb from how many reboots the show has been through recently. That it's kind of a little, almost motion sick to kind of follow the cast changes. Or, well, I, I, it just it doesn't seem like other soaps are like that. Well, that's what I wanted to
1: ask you. I mean, you you and Tony in the two scoops column on SoapCentral.com, you had a, a big party for the the reboot of Days of Our Lives, and it seemed like so many people were. Excited. We're talking not even a year ago. There were people coming back who hadn't been there. There were new faces, some big name stars from other shows were coming aboard. And it was a a big to do new writers. And not even a year later, uh, sort of we're being told it didn't work. And we have to re reboot the show. Are you surprised? Was it really as bad as what we're being led to believe? What are you hearing from people who read the two scoops columns? Why do we need to go through this again?
0: Um
2: well if you anybody who reads the two scoops column is probably going to tell you that they don't need to go through this again, at least in some cases. The feedback that I've gotten personally has been um, really, really, really opposed to Jack leading. He's been the main one. Um mm-hmm. Carrie and Austin, a lot of people can kind of take or leave um and you know with with, everybody loves sarah brown madison never quite took off so as heartbroken as they are to see a good actress leave it's it's not as big of a blow because her storyline was kind of you know kind of clunky from the beginning but but with jack they're having a really hard time and i kind of agree with them and i was not not carrying the jack flag for a long time um and i really think that once the writers dug into his um post-traumatic stress storyline and really Mm -hmm. gave man ashford some good stuff to do is when i kind of you know like oh i remember this guy he used to be on days you know like it was kind of like oh there he is so (laughs) he's the one that probably would be that that i see that People writing into me, he's the one that they're the most upset about. Um, but I think that I think that news of Bo leaving too, like really, can we lose Carrie Austin, Bo and Hope, and Jack and Jennifer? Like that's that's a lot for a soap opera fan to take in one time. So I don't know. We'll see how we'll see how it all shakes out.
1: I mean, if you lose those three couples that you're talking about, who then would ascend to the top of? the biggest super couple of the moment on Days of Our Lives. It seems that all the couples that are together would be going away, and the ones that were already there have been split apart. So who's left?
2: Well, Tony and I are going to arrange a dance-off for the ones that are there. (laughs) We're really hoping that that comes through. I mean, you still have John and Marlena, um, which my mother is not a fan of. My mother is a big-time Marlena Roman person, so um, apologies to my mom (laughs) that there's still John and Marlena out there. But uh, it is hard, especially with with um, kind of that next generation of, you know, you have Nicole and Sammy and Rafe and EJ and Lucas and this all kind of like really warped cocktail of relationships between all of them that there isn't really a camp there to say, you know, okay, they're the next generation. Um, you know, if they got creative and brought Sean and Belle back, maybe that could soften a blow uh, because they, you know, that actually is a couple that we've watched couple from the time they were kids um and they have a little bit of daytime royalty with them um maggie and victor are still well maggie and victor are still supposedly on the show they haven't been on it in a while um but it, it, it's hard it's hard days isn't isn't been great with keeping couples together and giving people a real couple to root for in the way that that they used to
1: yeah, I'm thinking with a lot of the soaps. I mean, when you talk about the couples that are involved, it really does seem that everyone goes back to the super couples of yesteryear that are either still together now or have been brought back recently to be back on screen. Uh, I was talking to my mom before the show when I was trying to wrangle her on, uh, and she said the same thing. She said, you know, you have Bo and Hope. It's one of the most recognizable couples. Mm-hmm. and all of a sudden if, if you're you're getting rid of them you know who do you have left it's not to say that the other couples aren't necessarily good but you're talking about name recognition you're talking about things uh, i mean imagine if there was never a Luke and Laura on general hospital a couple that right. folks who watch any soap they people who don't even watch soap say no Luke and Laura now if you suddenly take that away well, you know what happened it, it's no longer a couple who do you talk about next and all of a sudden you know you're left with some characters that may or may not be there long term. They may be characters that fans are or are not invested in so much. So it becomes sort of a double edged sword when you're trying to reboot the show and you need to maybe A, save some money or B, change the writers and shake things up a little bit. But then you get rid of the big names and the big draw. You know, be like having a movie and casting, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and and George Clooney and and Johnny Depp in it and me and then the four of them drop out and you're left with me. I mean, you'd be
2: like, <laughs> I what would a disappointment! I still watch that movie.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that you lie. That's what <laughs> is the best part of uh, of the of the thing. Uh, the best part of the the, the Our show. Our central
2: family is so close.
1: Uh, well, speaking of the family being close, apparently I have summoned her up. I have my mother, who is on Yay! the line. <laughs> hey, mom, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. Hello. How are I you? Th-
3: I thought I'd give you a call and let you know that how much I enjoy listening to your show. I don't get yeah. to listen to it all the time, but when I do, I really enjoy listening. I like to hear the different comments and everything.
1: Well, you have to say that you're my mom. But while you're t- no, it's I great don't.
3: Call- <laughs> 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 okay.
1: It's funny that you mention that. Uh, Larissa and I were just talking about some of the Days of Our Lives stuff, and uh, I don't know if you got to hear hear any of it. But uh, there's talk, there's speculation that Peter Reckle might be leaving. That's Bo. That he may be leaving the show. You know, what does Days of Our Lives do without Bo? Well,
3: there is no show without Bo. He's To me, he's one of of the main characters on, on the show. So, I don't know what they would do. Unless they would bring in somebody else to replace him. Because at one time, they did have somebody else playing Bo when...
1: Robert Kelker Kelly, I think.
3: I'm not sure, but I know they did have somebody that was playing him. That was quite some time ago. So, but... That would be a big empty void of this without, um, in the show without Bowen in the program. Well, let me so. ask
1: you some of the other people that are leaving. Uh, you and I. Uh, well, actually, you called me or texted me first when you found out that Renee Jones was leaving as Lexi. Uh, you know, let's talk about that. Is there going to be a, a a void on the show without Lexi?
3: I think there will to an extent because she was more or less the um good Damemera <laughs> um she kind of put maybe put her father in pla- you know her father in in his place somewhat, so I don't know the the show's really taken a different twist
1: so in a good way or a of, bad way
3: I, I don't know um. I was shocked when they they did this uh, thing with EJ that he's not um, not a Demira. I didn't really see that coming at first until he actually opened up the envelope, and I kind of got suspicious about that. Well, but, Larissa, um,
1: what are you hearing from Two Scoops people? Uh, you know, are they for or against the fact that EJ isn't
2: a Demira? Well, I have heard that. Quite honestly, the feedback that I get from a lot of the Two Scoops people is kind of like, you know, they don't care if if EJ is a Demera or a Corinthos or anybody as long as he's with Sammy, he can do whatever he wants. That's a lot of the feedback that I get. But I agree with your mom that you know making EJ undemeraing EJ is 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 just kind of a really bad move because that's yeah. the thing that's interesting about E.J. is the fact that he has this these Demera roots and they've set up all this. For years and years, we've been hearing about how, you know, well, he has a dark side, but then sometimes with Nicole and Sammy and Taylor and other love interests, we see this good side. So they kind of, when you take away that Demera side of him, not only does it make the character less interesting, but it's also a really hard storyline to sell. I actually just watched um, the scenes when I got home from work today about Um, where Stefano was telling E.J., and E.J. says, well, hang on here, hang on here. What about Tony? He wasn't your son. You loved him. He said it a lot. You know, of course, British sounding, that sounds much more sophisticated than I just did. But (laughs) he says, you know, and Stefano kind of dances around it, and they gave him some dialogue, but I think that's generally what the fans are going to be like. They don't really buy this idea that Stefano's not going to love someone who's not their biological child. When you had Tony and Peter and Kristen and those type of characters that Stefano... Literally killed four, and they weren't his biological children. And now, because of this secret, which by the way we have the whole Alice kept secrets, which is well documented that no one likes, all of a sudden for that reason, EJ's kind of gets his eviction papers and has to pack his bags and leave. I, it just it, that it's a hard time. People are having a hard time wrapping their heads around that.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, Mom, you have a theory about who EJ might be, what family he might fall into.
3: I have a theory that. He's a Horton. I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) For some reason, I have a feeling it's going to be, he's going to be a Horton, and it's going to be Bill Horton's son. Mm. I don't know, probably way off base, but that's my, that's my, my thoughts. Well, Larissa, mean, the is she? Aged, is
1: she way off base? Is she crazy? I don't know. You can tell I her. mean, the
3: man aged from being 12 years old to
1: 20-something
2: <laughs> <laughs> in in a couple of years, so I guess anything could happen. I, the thing that I haven't quite figured out yet is whether or not um, there actually is an EJ. Like, is, is you know, is the character that James Scott currently plays, is he, does he have completely different parents other than Susan and Stefano, or... Is he still Susan's son, but just with a different father? Like, is there an actual other Demera heir running around out there that we're going to find out about? Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but I, ma- maybe
1: I, somebody I, paid him to step in for them, or uh, you know, that the, they were. Are we talking switched at birth? What are we? What are your your be. thoughts?
2: It could be. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. Um, I, it, it, it all, like everything in Salem, should it all goes back to Alice. And the fact that she knew this and kept this secret and kind of, not that, not that E.J. wasn't responsible for any of his actions, but it was well put out there that Stefano, you know, kind of groomed him to be this this great villain. And I have a hard time thinking that Alice would keep quiet through all that, knowing everything. Like, I have a hard time thinking that Alice would send some, you know, innocent child to be raised by Demara. That just doesn't seem like a very Alice thing that she would do. Um and especially yeah. if he was a Horton. However, if, if the real EJ is a Horton and this guy was kind of put in place, I could see her doing that to, you know, to save a Horton. I don't know. We They're have Maggie's eggs running around out there too. We can't forget about those. Maggie has like a ton of, you know, eggs that were stolen and one of them grew into Daniel, so <laughs> who knows. Maybe, yeah. maybe EJ's Maggie's kid too. Who knows?
3: <laughs> yeah. Never gave that a thought either.
2: But yeah.
1: So, always something to think about. So, let me, since I was talking to Larissa before, uh, Mom, let me ask you: they, They're doing, they're changing the writers at Days of Our Lives. They're getting rid of a whole bunch of people. Do you think the stories are okay? Do they need to be shaken up? Do they, they, do they need to bring in new writers? How would you grade what's going on on the show, and what needs to happen in the future? Um,
3: I think their stories. Uh, the only thing that. Well, no, like the story, this storyline with EJ now, but otherwise I thought um, it, it's okay. The story, the storylines are going pretty smooth. Sometimes they have a tendency to drag out one story a little too long, you know, like let's get it over with. You, this has been going <laughs> on for the whole week, you know, <laughs> some of the storyline, it doesn't need to be dragged out for the whole, for a whole week or two into two weeks. But other than that, the um, I pretty much like the way, you know, the stories are going. Um, other than that, I, I, I don't know. And we haven't even talked about, like, the younger set on
2: Days with, and with Will and Chad and Melanie and that whole set, and I'm really excited about that group of kids. Gabby kind of doesn't make me all that excited, <laughs> but the rest of them, I, I, I love Will's storyline. Um, I really like Chad and Melanie. I like Sonny. And I I really think that they usually do a teen storyline during the summer, and I'm actually looking forward to the teen storyline this summer, and I haven't in a long time. I I don't think I have since, you know, the last, last days with Belle and John and Philip and Chloe when they were in, you know, in high school. But so that, I mean, that's something that Days really has going for it right now is that kind of younger generation set of actors.
1: Well, Mom, let me ask you, you, is that, do you prefer to see a whole range of stories, or are you okay with watching a lot of stories with you know younger characters
3: I think they should have more show more of the younger the younger um, characters, the younger actors and actresses um, give them a little bit more of a storyline than what they do um, well let me the
1: well the bold and the beautiful was doing a storyline where there was a character who Uh, I'm not exactly sure how old she's supposed to be. She's another character where, you know, she was two one week and then 16 the next. But they were doing a whole storyline about her and whether or not she was going to give up her virginity to the to the boy that she was seeing. You know, mom, do people who are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Do they really (laughs) want to see a story about a 16 year old and whether or not she was going to have sex or not?
3: You know what i think it wouldn't bother it doesn't bother me i don't know about anybody else but these are situations that i think the teenagers nowadays are debating about i mean it's every day i shouldn't say every day but it's a situation that some young girls are are going through so it's part of what's it's not a far-fetched such thing, it's something that's going on nowadays that um, it it doesn't it wouldn't bother me. I mean that's a decision that some girls have to make are making nowadays. It depends I guess on on your 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 beliefs or your um your standards, I guess.
1: Well, before we let you both go, because I see we're at the halfway point here, uh, it's not your new column coming up next week, Larissa, but you do have, you channeled your inner Whitney Houston for an it's not right, but it's okay column that is posted on uh, dot com right now. Let me know, uh, what folks can look forward to when they read this column. It'll still be there, you know, once this week ends, but what are some of the highlights? What are some of the things that you poke and prod and, and, and tweak? That sounds well, more like something t- <laughs> else than a two scoops column.
2: <laughs> we talked right off the bat about um, Renee Jones leaving, and I think that when I first heard that she was leaving, I kind of thought, well, you know, they, need, they really should recast this role because Days could really use another good, strong African-American actress in a lead role. I mean, Lexi's one of the people in Salem who has her stuff together. You know, she's a doctor. She's got a good marriage. She's raising her son. Like, she's one of the... You know those strong women characters that we don't always get a lot of. So, but the more and more I watch, you know, um, Renee Jones as she goes through this, these scenes where she's telling people in Salem, I kind of realize that you know she's she's really something special, and she kind of is Lexi. So. Anybody who says the column, and you can keep doing it, not just with this column, but with Tony's column or anything, sending in, you know, any any comments or thank yous or, or stories that you want to share with Renee Jones, and we're going to compile them and, and, and give, them over, give them over to you to head over to the to the base front door, kind of like the wizard. I'm here to see the wizard, and you can hand over. <laughs> well, <them. laughs> I
1: may not be able to quite do that just now, but before, uh, before I forget to say it while you two are on, Coming up next week on the show, it's not exactly Renee Jones, but we have another Lexi. We have Cynthia James, who was the first actress to play Lexi full time on Days of Our Lives. She's going to be here next week talking to us about what she's up to now. She's doing some. Uh, she's known as a transformational specialist, so we're going to find out what that means coming up on next week's show, but let me give you one opportunity, too, to finish up uh, promoting your Two Scoops column before I, I take away your time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's just another another talk about what we go on. Um, I give my thoughts on the whole Sammy Lucas renewed uh, relationship, and some people will probably love it and some people will probably hate it. Um, and, you know, we just kind of uh, talk more about the good job that uh, – that, um, kate nancy's doing um in that younger set of actors that i talked about before so there's a lot of good stuff it's a good way to say thank you to renee jones and then to catch up on what's going what's going on in salem
1: well folks can read that by going over to soapcentral.com clicking on days of our lives and then the two scoops button you'll see it slapped as many places as possible it's great and we have recaps or we have archives rather of the two scoops comms going back to 2004 that's when i finally decided that they were worth keeping it's not necessarily <laughs> that they were not worth keeping beforehand but it didn't occur to me until then that hey we can keep these things uh my mom isn't archived so you guys won't be able to enjoy her on your own but she may come back to the show <laughs> in the future or you know maybe we can rent a mom and and uh you can go and visit people travel around the country and we can make some money off of it
2: well what's she part of our column that we did when all the when all the vets came back i know Anna was she was yes my mom was there
1: as as well i uh secretly secretly taped them and got their true opinions
2: Uh (laughs) did you give them truth serum first like Stefano would
1: do i didn't have to (laughs) 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 you just don't tell people So so i want to thank you for dropping by mama of course always thank you for dropping by uh hopefully both of you will be on the show again in the future
2: Thanks, Dan. Okay. Bye, Dan's mom. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Talk to
1: you later, Dan. Bye. Bye, I love you. We are going to stay here. We're going to switch up a little bit and talk about the bold and the beautiful since we were talking about the 16 year olds or however old they're supposed to be losing their virginity and it's a whole lot of story and bring on our two soups columnist for the bold and the beautiful. Mike, Mike, welcome to Soap Central Live. Yeah? Mike, are you there? You are. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm okay. Can you hear me?
1: I can, I can. I was I was too busy being overwhelmed by the thought of, of talking about however old uh these bold and beautiful characters are. You know, they're they <laughs> one week and, and sixteen the next. So Hope uh, hope is ten. <laughs> well, she should be ten, I guess. How old is she, I guess, in theory, in 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 real in this, story real, time. Real
0: time she in story well, she's supposed to be like pushing twenty, but um she's really ten. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess that's a dilemma. I mean, we, we don't really want to think about 10-year-olds in, in no, that sort of no, way.
0: No wonder she has problems.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, you and I have been talking throughout the course of the week about different things. And, you know, I, I made a point of saying the Bold and the Beautiful may have decided to become a little more serious. They're talking about um, abstinence. They're talking about uh, you know losing your virginity. They're talking about pill addictions. They're going to have a same-sex married couple coming on the show later this month. And you sort of corrected me and said that there's still some campiness in all of this. So set me straight. Tell me why is, uh, why is Hope's story, why is she crazy?
0: Oh my, well, I don't, I don't know that Hope is so much crazy. I mean, although if you listen to Bill, you know, um, you think otherwise. I just think that, um, like a lot of the stories on B&B right now, it's kind of mishandled. I, I think actually Hope having the addiction storyline was a great move. Um, it was different, you know, Hope was always so in control, and it was it's good to see you out of control. I think Kim Matula has been, you know, turning in some, some good performances. It's just that, you know, they say God is in the details, and there's just so many implausibilities and things that they're kind of mishandling with the addiction storyline that I'm, I'm starting to have a hard time taking it seriously.
1: Well, I mean, this certainly has to be a little bit more serious than Barry Island. Oh, well,
0: anything's better than that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, like I said, I think, I think there's a lot of good things in it, but I just, you know, hope, uh, now I'll admit, I don't know a lot about anti anxiety medication. I I know a little bit about antidepressants. I know they work differently, but it just, I don't know that hope really had time to get addicted to them. I mean, the the therapist gave her two pills, and yeah, okay, so Amber slipped her some pills, you know, after that, and that she got off the internet, and I think it's good that, They're actually sending this message that, you know, buying pills online without a prescription, you know, is potentially dangerous. I think, you know, most of us don't know that. So I think that um, that's actually a good message to send out there. But I don't know. There's just something in the pacing or something where it just seems like I'm not getting the feeling that Hope is actually addicted. I mean – you were all up in All My Children. I mean, when Erica was addicted to pills, did she get addicted after taking two pills?
1: No. I think there was – well, the story was also different then. They had the ability to to sort of make things go a little more organic in real time than before. But it was – yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it was a lot quicker when you think about it in terms of the number of days that may have actually played out on the show. It was probably quicker, but in real time, it was at least over a, a couple of months, I think, when you, you know, she fell from scaffolding and then she was in pain and then she got the pill and then she needed another pill. And then before you knew it, you sort of just took for granted that she was in pain. And then you sort of got to the point where you're thinking, okay, well, she shouldn't still be in pain. Why is she still taking a pill? Or she would sneak around, or she would give the excuse of, you know, I can stop at any time
0: that I need to, that sort of thing. Right. And, and you know, of course, you're right. The, the pace of soaps is faster these days, and I've almost gotten used to it, even though I'm, you know, still old school at heart. But I just I just kind of have had a hard time thinking that Hope would be addicted so quickly and that her behavior would Change So radically, so quickly. And, you know, uh, the thing, too, is I think it would have been more interesting if other characters didn't realize she was addicted. But everybody seems to know. I mean, Amber told Brooke that, you know, she thought Hope was addicted and Bill knows and Steffi knows and Liam knows and Stephanie knows. And I, I just, I'm not getting an addiction out of that. I'm getting... If everybody's so concerned about Hope taking these pills, then why are they just going along their merry business and not staging an intervention on her? I, I don't know. It's just, I think there's a lot of good things there. But, so when I say that, you know, it's a little on the, on the campy side, even though it's a serious story, um, I think it's, just, it's in the handling. It's not in the story itself, and it's certainly not in the performances. They're, you know, they're doing, you know, a pretty good job with it, you know, um, Kim and, and Scott and, you know, everybody. Well, do you have any concerns
1: then about later this month when The Bold and Beautiful introduces the second married same-sex couple in soap opera history on The Bold and Beautiful? Uh, The first, of course, was on All My Children, Bianca and Reese. Do you have any concerns that that's going to come off as as campy where instead of maybe being a a everyday regular couple on a soap, that it might come off as, you know, the wacky lesbian couple?
0: I don't think it'll actually come off wacky or campy. And, and that's kind of ironic, given everything I just said. What I'm more concerned about with that is, well, uh, you know, this week we had, you know, John Hensley, you know, holding from As the World Turns. Big promotion. Hey, John Hensley is going to be on Bold and the Beautiful. He was there for 84 seconds. I timed it you know, over two episodes, you know, the the establishing shots of Aspen got more screen time than he did. And then he was just sort of ushered off. Now, I don't know if he's going to return, but it just felt like, you know, any any extra could have done that role. And that's what I'm concerned about with Crystal Chappelle is not that they're going to necessarily mishandle the story, but that she's just going to be brought on for a day or two. And, you know, just just to push Caroline's story along, and then they're going to just drop it and because they've been doing a lot of that kind of thing lately so that's that's kind of more what i'm concerned about
1: well the other thing that too has come up where when crystal Chappelle was on guiding light and was involved in a same-sex storyline over there there was concerns that cbs censored and sort of weighed in on what could and could not be shown and brad bell gave an interview to td guide where he said well They're a a regular married couple. Why wouldn't they kiss when, you know, when it's appropriate to show affection? Do you think that CBS or someone else could end up interfering and saying, hey, you know what, tone it down, tone it down, and that could sort of put a damper on the storyline? Well, that's
0: always possible. I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, between primetime television and movies and and even daytime now – You know, things have come a long way in the last five years. I mean, when, when Luke and Noah first showed up on As World Turns, you know, anytime they were going to kiss, you know, they would, they would cut away to a a window blind or something, you know, and finally they kind of got, you know, a chance to express affection and then, and as did Luke and Reed. And, you know, when I think, now I wasn't really following Guiding Light really super close at the time, but didn't Olivia and Natalia express affection too?
1: I want to say that they did, but I think that it was (sighs) real. And it's one of those things that I have in my mind, sort of the whole, the way that it played out, and then I, I mix in a little bit of Venice, and it all, <laughs> it all gets
0: a little confused. But I you want to say that they, pal, you're getting <laughs> that they
1: may have had a moment, but I don't think that it was anything more than, you know, locking pinkies. And I, I don't think that they had on Guiding Light <laughs> that they had a, even a meaningful kiss. But, I mean, I, on All My Children, though, we saw a full-fledged love scene. Uh, granted it, well, it as took you, a little as, while. As you, did
0: with, as you did with One Life to Live when Kish was on there. So I don't know if it's a CBS thing. I, I do, you know, like I said, a little concerned about the pacing of, of Bold and Beautiful stories and, and the fact that they kind of don't, I don't think it, they really dig far enough. In you know, maybe it's just me, but I like a little more substance. And that's the kind of thing that I'm concerned about. Not so much that, that they're not going to show them showing a section, but that they're not going to Dig deep enough into the relationship. I mean, at least on Guiding Light, you know, with, with Olivia and, you know, we saw her journey from, you know, she thought she was straight to, to making this transformation and falling in love with Natalia. I mean, for whatever we did or didn't see physically, we did see the emotional journey. So now, now, cause, you know, this is already established off screen that Karen and Danielle have, you know, irons, you know, that they're married and everything, we're not, we're not getting that journey. So we have to take a lot of it for granted, just, you know, assuming when we see them that this is what they have. So I hope that Bold and the Beautiful follows up. And I, and I have to say, I never actually thought they would do a gay storyline because they seemed to, they were the last holdout, you know, and they kind of held off when, when everybody else was doing it. So the fact that they actually are doing it now, you know, I do applaud them for.
1: Well, we are running out of time for this segment, so I wanted to give you a chance to promote whatever you have on your mind that's coming up in your Two Scoops column, because it's your turn. You're on deck for The Bold and Beautiful this week. What are some of the things that readers can look forward to seeing in your next column?
0: Well, my working title for the column is Aspen You Shall Receive, um, <laughs> and, because they were not Aspen the whole week. And um, unfortunately, <laughs> we did get Hope, Liam, and <laughs> Steffi the entire week again. So, um, But there were some... Plot twists and things that happen, so I will be digging into and, and analyzing that, and um, you know, Bill's imaginations in terms of sending the the press after Hope, and and also including um, some comments from subcentral readers because you know they're they're very um, I want to say opinionated, but I don't mean that in a bad way. they 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 have very strong opinions, and you know um, whether you love Steffi or love Hope. You know, they, they've got stuff to say. So it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good one.
1: We love strong opinions this is why we love reading your column and having you as a guest here on the show.
0: Well, I'm, I'm really glad to be here, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I always have something to say. You just never <laughs> know how I'm going to say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not a bad thing. So Mike, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out to give a call today.
0: It's not a problem, Dan. It's wonderful to talk to you again.
1: Perfect. And I'll talk to you soon.
0: Cool. Stay bold, baby. <laughs> I will do my
1: best. One (laughs) of the things that soap fans unfortunately have found out over the years is sometimes their favorite soaps disappear. What happens when your favorite soap disappears and you decide to take on a new soap? Our next caller is going to give us some insight on that. Tim, welcome to Soap Central Live.
4: Thank you, Dan. It's nice to be here.
1: Okay, so let's give the background. What was your soap of choice, and what soap did you decide to sort of transition to?
4: Sure. Um, I was a lifelong uh, follower of One Life to Live um, ever since probably 1984. I remember uh, Tina going over the waterfall and, um, you know, followed Vicky's uh, split personality and all of that, and really was enamored with uh, One Life to Live and the characters, and uh even though I kind of came and went over the years, it was always the soap that I would go to. And I'm familiar with Young and the Restless and uh, I watched general Hospital uh, in my youth, but uh one Life to live was a was really my soap so uh you know when it was cancelled i I really was heartbroken i was I was looking forward to uh the online um version of it. I thought that was a good. A good foundation for kind of moving the soaps forward, and I was disappointed when that did not come to pass um, and Then, when it was announced that some characters were moving over to general Hospital, you know i said well should i should I continue to follow it? Should I just kind of give up the habit now and uh the, the lore of seeing how they uh interweave these characters into general hospital was too much for me, so i, I had to I had, to, I had to pick up General Hospital and start
1: following in. So what do you think? Obviously, you were interested in seeing what happened with Star and McBain and, and Todd and Blair. Now, and Taya will be on the show next week. What, though, do you make of all of the other people who were General Hospital standards that maybe you didn't know and have suddenly been forced to try to figure out who they are and what they're up to?
4: sure um well i I uh knowing that they were coming because obviously there was an announcement uh, in the last week of One Life to Live that these characters will be moving over the Mannings will be moving over is how it was said in the in the little teaser um I started to watch right away to kind of get a a, a bearing of what was going on. I had watched general Hospital uh in the eighties, um you know very familiar with Luke and Laura with the quartermains um with With Bobby and Tony, and I knew those those characters, a lot of whom are not are no longer on the show um and obviously, you know if you watch one ABC show, you see the commercials for the others, so you kind mm-hmm. of know what's kind of going on with the show um but very aware that you know for many years, General Hospital had been the mob show. I really had no interest in watching that um however. <laughs> I will say, in starting to watch it, I really uh became involved with the characters. You know, the actors are top-notch, and they really do amazing work. And uh it was very easy to get drawn in to the stories that were going on. Um, and
1: that was going to be, my... go be my question, because there were a lot of people who sort of maybe had the same opinion. They thought, well, General Hospital, it's all mob storylines. It's all mob storylines. They're only taking over a couple of One, uh, one Life to Live characters, and I don't want to get invested in that. It's, it's not going to be that interesting. Did you? How long would you say that it took before you sort of realized that, hey, I need to add General Hospital to my list of, of daily or weekly things to do? Was it hard <laughs> to get involved in a new soap?
4: It, it it really wasn't. I mean, it really took me probably a, a month, and I was trying to call it my show. You know, to my partner, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I got to go down and watch my show." You know, and he's like, "My show?" I thought that was One Life to Live. You know, but uh no. I mean, because you know, like I said, I was familiar with some of the characters, but uh the way they're drawn, you know, and and the the saga of Sunny, it's it's really not like a Sopranos thing. But you know, it really is just kind of the basis. For the characters, and many years ago, you know, the, the hospital was the basis for the stories, and it wasn't a hospital show. It's not like you would tune in and every episode there was an operation taking place, because that would be pretty boring. But it was the foundation by which all the characters were interacting. And it's become, uh, the mob, for better or for worse. Some people don't like the darkness of the characters. And I think that's one thing, or darkness of the stories, and I think that's one thing that uh, that Frank and Ron are trying to bring in is some levity to it. Um, and frankly, if it continued on the dark path, I think I would, I would tend to lose interest over time. But I kind of see what they're doing and trying to interweave some lighter stories, some comedic elements. You know some some humor that was you know one to live trademark. You know they used to balance the dark and the the light very well, and I think for a time General Hospital had gone more toward the dark side, and they're trying to to bring a balance to that.
1: Well, in honor of your love of One Life to Live, I guess now would be a good time to go back to uh, another of our. SoapCentral.com dankies winners. We're going to do the Outstanding Lead Actress category. And the top three finishers were Debbie Morgan, Angie from All My Children, Laura mm-hmm. Wright, Carly from General Hospital. But the winner of the Outstanding Lead Actress and also the Outstanding Overall Performer, Best Performer, according to SoapCentral.com readers in all of daytime, Erica slezak Vicky mm-hmm. from One Life to Live.
4: That's wonderful to hear. I'm, you know, I'm not surprised, and I think when I voted, I voted for her for both categories. Um, You know, she had an outstanding final year. um, You know, it was her 40th year on the air in that role, and uh, to gave her a special episode where she got to feature mm-hmm. a number of her alternative personalities. Um, and so that was a great showcase for her. And uh, they even allowed her to start to kind of fall in love again with Clint. And, uh, obviously, she's the anchor by which all the stories were told on the show, and her rivalry with Dorian is unsurpassed. So um, that's that's wonderful news that she was uh, seen as the, the lead performer for the year on the female side.
1: One of the things that I have sort of a problem with, I'm very happy with that, and I'm also one of the other categories that uh, we'll reveal now, the favorite couple or on-screen duo was Jesse and Angie from All My Children. And that's Mm. this is all great, and it's wonderful, and I'm over-happy, but it sort of sucks that we're talking about these are things that people acknowledge as the best, and they've been taken away from us.
4: Right. That's, that's very true, you know, and I do know, even though I did not follow all my children, I know the story that was going on in the past year with them losing a child and, and, and all of that and Angie's blindness and, and it was a very dramatic story and, and just the fact that they were together again after all those years when they were apart and Jesse was believed dead and everything and to, to be able to have them on again. Um, But you're right. I mean, losing those shows, and you see what they were replaced with. And, I, you know, uh, I'm so glad that the revolution was a total bust. I have to say, you know, I haven't seen an episode of it, and,
3: you know, I love Kim <laughs> Gunn,
4: but come on. You know, the last thing we need in daytime is more reality shows. You know, people want to escape. You know, they really do. And it's such a shame. ABC had such a strong uh, daytime lineup for years and they were willing to, to give that away because they couldn't think outside the box in terms of putting up with revenue options for the soaps. They can make money. You know, they can be packaging DVDs of old episodes. They can be selling the international rights, which I know, um, you know. It was a big issue. On the, yeah, on CBS, you know, B&B is, is the soap that it is because of its international uh, acclaim, and they sell it across the world. You know ABC never tried to do that with uh, the ABC you know with our soaps and it's it's just a shame that they were lost. It is nice though, at least for one life to live that it was allowed to continue on general Hospital to some degree. and who knows what will happen? I mean, if there's such a an outpouring of affection from the fans to the the stories that are going to be telling taking place on General Hospital. Um, you know, you could see the, one, the the online story come to pass eventually. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I
1: think that's what, what everybody hopes for. Um, and one of the things that I hope for each week on the show is to have great callers. I lucked out this week with having some wonderful guests. Tim, thank you so much for calling in and for talking about One Life to Live in General Hospital with me.
4: Sure. It was a pleasure, Dan. Anytime.
1: We'll have to do it again soon.
4: All right. Thank you. For those of you out there who want to know
1: more of this year's SoapCentral.com Dankies winners, they will be available on SoapCentral.com slash Dankies or just on the main SoapCentral.com website. Later this weekend, you can check out all of the winners. The winners for the individual soap ballots are already there. Just head over to the site to find out more information. As I mentioned earlier in the hour, next week, As Days of Our Lives fans are preparing to say goodbye to Lexi, we'll be saying hello to actress Cynthia James, the first actress to appear long-term on Days as Lexi. She'll be talking about her new book and her career as a transformational specialist. We'll also be looking at this year's Daytime Emmy nominations, assuming that they don't get bumped back again for some unknown reason. We'll find out who made the cut and all of that other good stuff. Maybe even have some surprise guests to come on here and share their reaction to being nominated for a daytime Emmy. You'll have to stay tuned for that. That's what's on tap next week. Until then, in honor of Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you. I hope that you'll tune in again next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody.